podcast land welcome to caregiving is a ministry where we look at the word of god through the lens of caregiving today we're going to look at first peter um i know initially i said that we would look at you know god as jesus as our shepherd and then david as a shepherd and then paul but i thought you know why don't we just look at some of the letters that remain in the new testament from other writers as how they try to shepherd the early church so we're looking at the apostle peter for the next couple of episodes and so today we're going to be in his first book and so i'll be reading from the new american standard bible so chapter 1 verse 1 reads peter an apostle of jesus christ to those who reside as strangers scattered throughout pontus galatia cappadocia um, asia bithynia who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Verses 13, 16, same chapter. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you by the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in your behavior, because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, rid yourself, yourselves of all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, and like newborn babes, long for, the, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Verses 9 and then 13 through 17, still in chapter 2. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Submit yourselves to the, for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as to one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God, that by doing right you silence the ignorance of foolish people. Act as free people, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as a bondservant of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. <laughs> so as I stated, we're looking at Peter. And as you know, Peter was one of the disciples, so now he's an apostle, right? And when you listen to various teachers, preachers, what have you, some consider Peter to be very brash, impetuous, and some I've heard refer to him as somewhat dumb because of the things that he said and does, or did, I should say. But I don't agree with that latter comment. Realistically, Peter's the most like me. <laughs> and I suspect he's a lot like some other folks and a lot of you out there. He said what was on his mind, and his vulnerability allowed him to get into the inner circle 
of Christ. You know, and why would that why would that occur if he was brash or did dumb things? You know, would would you let a person like that in your inner inner circle? But that's what Christ did, right? Most of us, you know, wouldn't let someone that we would consider, you know, dumb or did dumb things and just said what was off the top of their, you know, head without thinking. We wouldn't allow them to be close to us. But Jesus did. And I have the sneaky feeling that he did it because Peter, like John, loved Jesus. And his personality of saying, you know, what he thought and acting on impulse, that allowed him to experience, you know, walking on water, didn't it? Peter was the only one who got out of the boat, who questioned if it was God that he saw walking on the water, who trusted him that much. His willingness to physically fight for Jesus. You remember in the narrative where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and the soldiers come and, you know, one gospel says Peter cut off the soldier's ear. That shows his, that showed his love and his commitment, right, to Jesus. And his denial shows his humility. And so all of this Christ saw an honest devotion to him. Peter didn't come to him with an agenda or trying to prove something only to follow God. And so I think that's why Christ allowed him to come into the inner circle because he was real, (laughs) real. And of course, Christ knew what he was going to get. He knew the hearts of all of them. And that's not to say that the other disciples didn't love Christ. But you know, Peter and John and James, they had that special connection. And so they were willing to do a little bit more than what some of the others were. And I also, if I'm honest, I kind of like the tension that existed between Peter and John. You read that in the scriptures. But I think the Bible shows us this because it's letting us know that although there may be tension amongst us, you know, the brothers and sisters, based on our proclivities and personalities, that we can still be one in our devotion and mission to living a life for Christ. And that's what Peter, James, and John did. So all that to say, I really like Peter. (laughs) I really like Peter. And he has a lot to say in his first letter. So what stands out to you about this letter that's different from the Pauline letters? First is the greeting. While Peter initially says, you know, hey, it's me, Peter. You know, Peter, unlike Paul, he's not writing to a specific church. You know, Paul wrote to specific churches. Peter, he identifies, what is it, five churches? But it could, it could go to all five. And if it can go to those five, then that means it can go to anyone. So it's generic or general in nature, I should say. Second, Peter doesn't gush all over them as Paul does in his letters. You know, my heart longs for you. I want to be with you when I can come to you. You're great. You're this, you're that. And I think it could be attributed to the fact that the letter that Peter has written is going to go to so many different churches. I'm just saying, perhaps. But what do you think the purpose of this letter is? I think it's to encourage them to continue in their faith in Christ, despite what they're going through, because by now they're probably under a lot of pressure um, for them being Christians. And, you know, the people who follow Judaism are beginning to see that they aren't going away. The Roman Empire is beginning to see that they're not going away. 
So they really experience persecution and um, dislike, I will say. So Peter is encouraging them to continue in their faith in Christ, despite what they're facing. And then to instruct them to Christ-like behavior. We see a number of similarities in this letter that we've um, read in the Pauline letters. Peter, like Paul, wants the church to be clear on who Jesus is and, and, and why they follow him. To remind them that they are no longer to live as they did prior to accepting Jesus Christ as Savior. That they are this new priesthood. Now for me, for him to use that term priesthood for the churches, they have to be familiar with the Levitical priesthood narrative for him to compare them to priests. I find it hard to believe that he could have been associating this priesthood to the priests of the pagans that were around them. So I believe that he is referring to the Jewish role of priest and the tribe of Levi who was designated to be the priest for the nation of Israel. And of course Aaron and his sons were the very first priests. The tribe of Levi was set apart specifically to maintain and manage initially the tabernacle when they were wandering in the wilderness and then the temple once it was built. That they were the ones that would go um, on behalf of the nation to the Lord. So by Peter using this terminology, I believe that he's stating three things. First, we can now go to God on our own that no one needs to speak on our behalf, we can do so directly as individuals. Second, just as the tribe of Levi was designated for God's service, we too are set aside and designated for God. The word that Paul uses for this set aside is, right, holy. We are holy. He says we are a holy priesthood. So you could almost say that that's kind of a redundancy um, right there. We're set aside for God, our lives. Third, I believe that he's saying because we have this free access to God to petition for ourselves, that we shouldn't just petition for, petition for ourselves, but we should also petition for others, to stand in the gap for others, to carry one another's burdens, especially the body of Christ, but also outside of the body of Christ. Then after he, you know, reminds them of who they are, so to speak. Then he starts with the church instruction. And we see that one of the things that he states is that they need to honor their leaders. Now, unlike Romans, where Paul is a bit nebulous onto specifically what leaders they were to honor, Peter, being direct Peter that he is, is to, is to the point. He tells them to honor all of their leaders, their kings, their governors, you know, within the body. So that applies outside the body as well. He's saying honor those leaders as well. So maybe he's following behind um, the letter that Paul wrote to Rome. You know, even though this letter isn't going to Rome, Paul may have been speaking specifically to church authority. Now, Peter is saying, no, you also need to honor people who aren't in the church, the kings, the governors, and whatever um, principalities that existed during that age, right? And he says that in order to do that, you, you honor them as leaders, because if you don't, you're, you're being foolish. 
By not honoring your leaders, you are being foolish. And to not make the mistake that being free in Christ allows them or us to manipulate our existence in our current society that we live. We aren't free just to go about and say, you know, I belong to the you know, kingdom of God and therefore I don't have to pay taxes, I don't have to work, I don't have to... That's not how our freedom in Christ works. We are to live respectfully. Our freedom enables us to understand that our lives are a witness to Christ and that he has us here being good citizens of this world because it's a direct reflection of our citizenry in his world. That in order to be a good citizen of Christ, first of the kingdom, right? First, we need to accept Jesus Christ. And then we need to honor him. And in honoring him, what are those first two commandments that he says all of the other commandments hinge upon? To love God with all our heart and all our mind, and then to love our neighbor as ourselves. So when we are disrespecting leadership that's placed upon us, we're not honoring our neighbors. Now, once again, there comes a time where you may have to ask the question as to what your leaders are asking you to do, whether it's right or wrong. And we go and we can look throughout history where we've seen numerous atrocities that have occurred um, through leadership. But we also see that there were people who stood up who knew that that was wrong and not to do that. And so God calls us to do that as well. But for the, you know, the routine thing, yeah, we're supposed to honor our leaders. This letter, as I was reading it, thinking that we would be able to cover it in one episode, um, kind of shocked me because there is a lot in the next chapters um, that follow. And so we're going to have to do it in two parts because I don't want to keep you here all day. And so, you know, next episode, we'll take the remaining half of this first letter and then I'll see how the second letter is. Maybe we'll have to do the second letter in two episodes as well. So in wrapping up, what have we learned? That Peter is still Peter, that he's direct (laughs) and to the point, that he wants the body of believers to understand their salvation and to live a life that honors Christ. And he starts laying out some of the ways in which their lives honor Christ by living in the world that they are right now. So I'm going to ask this question as Peter wants them to be sure of their salvation and understand their salvation, I'm going to ask you, are you sure of your salvation? Do you understand that Christ died for you because you are a sinner? And that by accepting him, acknowledging that you are a sinner and accepting him as savior, that you now have eternal life. And that although you have eternal life, he still left you here on this side of the Jordan. And there are ways in which you are to live and to act and to behave. That you are to grow in your relationship with him so that your life is a living testimony to him because you are a living witness for him. Sometimes when we've been walking with God for so long, you know, we start to think, take things for granted and and, you know we forget we go through the motions when we go to church so I think it's a great idea for us to reflect upon our relationship with God to do a little quick check and yeah do I understand what, what Jesus did for me
And then after you do that, you know, you tell him that you love him. And thank and you thank him for making you a royal priesthood in his kingdom. As you care for your loved ones, you may forget that you're special to God. And I'm here to tell you that you are. He has called you to care for a loved one, and that can be a high calling because it requires your complete trust in him because you're going to have to give of yourself to allow him to bring to the surface all of the fruit of the spirit, <laughs> love, joy, peace, patience, what kindness, faithfulness, self-control, to bring that to the surface to help you through this process and for you to demonstrate to the world what being a Christian is all about. Being a Christian isn't about the name it and claim it. It's not about the prosperity, although in Christ he does want us to properly prosper but first he wants our souls to prosper in him he wants us to diligently seek him not because if we diligently seek him he will give us the desires of our heart but to diligently seek him because we crave for him because we love him so much and during this season of caregiving crave for him cling to him allow the fear and anxiety that you have in this season because it can be scary give it to him and allow him to walk with you along this journey but know that as you go throughout this season you are loved and he you are very very special to him let's pray dear lord we come thanking you for this reminder of how much you love us that despite all the chaos and crap that we see on TV that we may experience in our families that's in the community that we see in the world that you love us and to stop being so fixated on the crud that is going on in the world and be fixated on our relationship with you allowing you to change us and mold us into the very image of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself for us. Help us to sacrifice ourselves for our loved ones during this season, knowing that in your time, not that you will repay us, but you will reward us for being good servants, for being good stewards of the people that you placed in our care the people that you've placed around us to shepherd. Help us to learn from all of the shepherds that you have sprinkled throughout your word that we now study and the shepherds that you have placed before us in our communities as far as pastors and lay pastors and deacons and evangelists. Help us to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling that you have placed on our lives to be your chosen people. Not to brag about it, but to realize that it is a responsibility. And that's why we need you daily in order to walk in that way. Help each and every person who is listening to know how special they are to you. Whisper in their ears today, Father, how much you love them. 
send them a bit of good news and comfort and let them know that it is directly from you. And also let them know that when things aren't going their way, that it isn't because you are angry with them and are punishing them, that you may be doing it just to gather their attention, but also to show them that you can deliver them from that as well. That you are a God who can do more than we can think or ask according to the power that works in us. And that power, Lord, is your Holy Spirit that reminds us that you haven't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. So help us to walk in those things today. The power in knowing that we are your chosen people. The love that you lavish on us, allow us to lavish on others and allow us to walk in self-control, to not be foolish in doing things that we think we can get away with just because we call you Christ. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, my dear podcast family, go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.